0: Hey everybody, this is Ari in the air. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. If you're new to the show, there's 125 episodes of amazing conversations with everyone from psychologists and philosophers to the highest level athletes on the planet. Lots of great things. So click around, find something you like. Unless you like knitting, then you'll need to find a different podcast. But today I've got a conversation with my friend Max King. Max is a professional trail runner. He's one of the fastest dudes on the planet. And we talk about a lot of cool things, including how to condition your body to run, as well as this race that he ran last weekend in the Pyrenees in Spain, which is super interesting. Um, It was a great conversation. I think you guys are gonna really like it. So if you like this show, consider becoming a becoming a patron on Patreon. That's patreon.com/slash air Um, and if you're interested in philosophical coaching, which is one of my side gigs, it's super rewarding work. You can check out my website, airyintheair.com, and the coaching page has a link where you can schedule a free coaching call. It's not a sales call. It's a real coaching call. We just get right into it. So if you're looking to untie some existential knots that you have in your life, then I would love to work with you. So without further ado, here's a little bit of music to get you in the mood, the running mood, and a conversation with my friend Max King. The Hey, Max, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for
1: having me on. This is going to be fun.
0: Yeah, I would, you know, I've gotten to meet you a couple of times. We're getting to know each other. And I actually am not a trail runner. And growing up in Central Oregon as an action sports athlete, I've just like this name of Max King has always, I've always known that you were the fastest guy in Central Oregon. But I would love to hear just kind of some background here, how you, have gotten into running and what your career has looked like. Fill me in here.
1: All right. Um, so a little bit. I I've basically been a runner since um, the dawn of time, um, and it it feels like we're, we're getting to that point in my career now of like I, everybody makes fun of me now because I'm so old. Um, but yeah, I I started running in seventh grade, um, and I've been doing it ever since. I was never any good at you know those other sports and stuff. So. Um, tried playing basketball for a bit, and it was uh, it's pretty comical, let's put it that way. And baseball, same way. So I got into running really early on, and it, I just knew that that was the thing that like clicked for me, and that what I was going to be good at. And so I've kind of always stuck with that while I, you know, dabble in other things. I do a lot of I do everything right. It's like Central Oregon. You live here for a while, and you got to do everything. You ski, you climb, you bike, you swim, uh, you paddle um but running's always been my primary and so i you know ran in high school ran in college um got out of college took a couple of years off that's actually how i got into adventure racing uh kind of the first go around um back in like 2004 and 2005 and then got back into running cuz i i kind of missed it um became a pro in about 2007 um, ran for Oregon Track Club for a little bit. Um, and so I was over there running for or, or for Oregon Track Club, focused on the Olympic trials. And then I've done uh, a couple of Olympic trials since then. But basically in like 2012, 2010, 2012, I kind of switched my whole focus over into trail running. Um,
0: and, and, and what was the running before? What were you doing was,
1: yeah, it was all track, cross country, uh-huh. road running, um, kind of those traditional like running disciplines that you think of for, for like that you would do in college and, and high school and God. stuff. And I focused on those. Um, but, you know, like growing up or not growing up, but like living in Central Oregon, I moved here in 2002. Um, you know, we have so many trails and we always have. And so it's just kind of the thing that you do if you run or you bike, you get out on the trails, right? So. I was always running trails. It was just like the competition side of things was all focused on track and road and cross country, um, until like 2012 ish. And then all of a sudden, like the trail running world started to pick up and got a lot more competitive. And at that point I'm like, okay, like there's some pretty good guys in trail running. And so I kind of like started transitioning over that direction. And like in the last 10 years or so, we've seen this like meteoric jump and trail running, going from like a uh, you know kind of more of like this, it still is, but like a fun discipline of like oh we're gonna go trail run to like incredibly competitive like um, worldwide trail races uh, like the one I did this last weekend uh, where some of the best athletes in the world are now competing just solely in trail running, which we never had you know ten years ago. They all they always did something else like road running, um, marathons, things like that. And now we're seeing guys like specialize and focus in trail running and it's gotten so fast and so competitive, um, that it's, it's just, I mean, it's amazing, but it's, that's a whole competitive discipline within itself. And so I've really kind of like just switched everything over to trail running, uh, the past, past 10 years or so. So, and then that's where we're at. I've been in central Oregon for 20 years and kind of little done a little bit of everything trail run. Um, you know, we met through adventure racing, you know, and, did some of that uh, in the past and then the not so distant um, past two last year. Um, and, uh, yeah, so a little bit of everything.
0: So it seems pretty obvious to me, but tell me about the differences between trail running and the traditional disciplines of running.
1: Well, you've got like, you know, your traditional disciplines, like you got track, right. That's pretty obvious running around a track. Um, and that's kind of like where people think, I, I think, you know, from my perspective, like 20 years ago, when you said you were a runner, they either thought you ran track or they thought you ran marathons. Um, and like, that's kind of what your two competitive disciplines were. If you were a professional runner, it's like you could be, specialize in track and run the 5k or the 10K or the steeplechase um, in distance running, um, or you would be on the roads and just doing the marathon. Um, but you know, you've got track, so you're on track surface, uh, road running, obviously it's like road running, but with road running, it's a little bit different because you have all of these sorts of different distance races. There's not just the marathon. And while everybody kind of focuses on that marathon distance, there's anything from a mile on the road, national championship in the mile um, to 5k, 10k, 20k, 15k, 25k, 50k. You can go all the way up to ultras and at the hundred K and hundred mile distance too on the road, um, which is a little bit different than what you would get. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, you can do all distances on any kind of surface. Right. But it's, uh, the road is kind of unique. It's like where you want to run really fast and, um, and it's just, you know, pounding up the road miles. So,
0: yeah, but experientially, I mean, my intuition is that you would rather run on trails.
1: <laughs> right, right, yeah. And that, which is kind of why I've transferred over. But <laughs> I mean, I, but it's still fun to run on roads, though. Uh-huh, right. Okay. I mean, the, the trails, trails different. I mean, it's more like I'll take a trail any day of the week, uh, to run on. It's just more enjoyable. But like that said, I'll jump back on the roads from time to time, just because like, I want to see how fast I can run. Right. And you do the track or the road, um, just to see like how fast you can go, which you can't mm-hmm. do on a trail. Like you've always got some resistance on a trail, whether that's, you know, you're on dirt. So your foot slipping two inches astride, um, or whatever, but on the track or the road, you're finding out like how fast you can possibly cover like a given distance. And that's what is kind of enticing for people about it. And there are still people who, you know, enjoy the road more than the trail because they're not really trail runners or they just don't enjoy like that sort of thing as much. Whereas I really enjoy the trail. I like being outside in nature a lot more than I would ever, you know, want to run on a road, but I will like get back over to the road from time to time just because, you know, it's, it's about, performance then and finding out how fast you can go and that's still fun too Hmm.
0: so it sounds like you just really like to run
1: yeah basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that's what's funny like over the course of my career is like in high school I really didn't like to run like it really wasn't that much fun to run it was just that I was good at it and over time like like college was kind of the same way I was in it to compete, not really to like enjoy the running aspect of it, but I enjoyed the team aspect of it. I, I found other things like that kept me in it. And then over like the past 20 years, it's like every day or every year, like um, I've continually like, I find this desire to run like stronger and stronger. And I actually enjoy it more and more every single year. And I'm at the point in my career now, it's like, it's what I do. Like I'm, putting a little less emphasis on the competitive side of things, which I love doing. I love competing against other people, but I just love to run. Um, And it's really fun to just get out there and travel on two feet and cover ground. So,
0: Wow. Running is a mechanic that not everyone enjoys. It's not, it's not a mechanic that I enjoy. For a long period of time. (laughs) I love, I I love to run. I love to move. And especially on a trail where it's really dynamic and I, and I'm constantly having to like place my feet carefully. And i love to scramble. I love to free solo rock climb and um, all of those things, but like the, like running for a long period of time is not something I've ever really enjoyed. I, you know, in high school played soccer. And so I had to do lots of fitness training for soccer, which was just like being forced to run really far and lots of wind sprints and all that stuff. And I never really enjoyed that. So my intuition is that you're kind of, you're a, your meat suit, your body itself is actually like you were blessed with a running body.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes and no. Right. Yes. I mean, you've seen, you've seen me.
0: Yes. You look like a runner. And, and I, I think that, I think that, you know 20 plus years of running will will shape you but I, i'm curious about the your your thoughts on just like the human ability to run and how all of our different bodies adapt to it or are not super adept at it what is the can can we all run like you can is that something we all have to work in the decades time range to achieve?
1: Yeah. I mean, so it's a a really good question, right? Like, is everybody built to run? And I've I've thought about that quite a bit. And I I really kind of think that everybody is kind of built to run. I mean, we all have basically the same body, same mechanics. Um, But, you know, there's people, I work at a running shop in downtown and people come in, I'm not a runner. It's like, Oh, okay, I get that. And I talk to people all the time. Oh, I'm not a runner. I like to bike. And it's like, yeah, that's, I mean, for sure. Like you found something that you like to do more than running because, you know, it's at some point running is going to hurt, right? Like it's not going to feel that good at some point. And I feel like I've gotten to the point where, you know, I've been running for almost 30 years and my body is used to it at this point. And like you said, like I look like a runner and I would argue that I don't look like a runner because I'm short and I'm sort of muscular and I look more like a wrestler than a runner, but my body's used to it. Right. And so I think it takes, it takes a lot of time to build, build that up to where you're, you can just go out for a a long run and, and not have anything hurt. And there are days where I'm injured and, it doesn't feel very good to run and and that's not very much fun. But I think what the, when the, when the joy comes is when you can put aside, like thinking about the running side of things and just enjoy what you're kind of experiencing. And that's like the, the scenery and nature and how your body feels while you're doing it. And it feels good. Um, But there, you know, there are definitely, you know, limitations in the human body that prevent us from, doing all of the running that we want to do. And I'd say those, those people are the ones that are like, yeah, I'm not a runner. Um, and it's like, yeah, okay. I, I, there are other things out there where you can move your body and you enjoy it a lot more, but can you run? Yeah, you can probably run whether it's, you know, for 50 meters or a mile or it's three miles you can run. Um, and and then it's just adapting the body and building that up. And some people never, uh, want to like really focus on that side of things of like pushing their body to those limits and building on that to where they could, you know, build up to run 10 miles or so. It's just not a desire that they have. Um, and I totally get that and it's totally fine. There's a lot of other things that you can do to, to move your body and stuff. And, and that's, what's cool about, you know, the place that we live in here. It's like, you can paddle, you don't have to move your legs hardly at all. Um, and you can bike and you can climb and, you know, do all of those different things where you never really have to focus on just that running piece of it.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting though because running seems to be like the innately human thing. Like it's like um, that book, Born to Run, that and these different studies that I've, that I've come across talking about how basically like a human can like outrun a horse, you know, a human can outrun a, a an antelope and like, cause we sweat and we can just like, we can just like endure that movement longer. And it's like, there's something really innately human about being able to run.
1: Right. And, and that's, I feel like that's part of that piece that I've connected with. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that connects with everybody,
0: you know? No, it doesn't.
1: <laughs> so, so it's like, well, if that doesn't connect with you, then like there's no point in trying to, to, to achieve that, right? So, yeah, I don't yeah, know. But there's I mean... This,
0: there's, this like, um, there's this buildup that you are talking about, you know, like in our, you know, I've, our surrounding running, I've heard so much of the term high impact, right? Yep. Oh, it's it's so high impact. And as a longtime freestyle skier, freestyle skiing is much higher impact than running. I can rest assured that it it's yes. uh, yeah. And it, it takes time. You basically have to put up with a bunch of pain to like condition your body to be able to like go off of a jump a 100 times a day and land and land and land and land. And so I imagine running to be the same exact thing. And I haven't really gone through that process of conditioning my body to allow myself to be able to run 10 miles. I wouldn't say comfortably. I, I can't imagine that it's always comfortable. Just like when I ride my bike really far, sometimes my ass hurts and sometimes my back hurts. And it's like, and yep. that's a bike ride. Um, so what have you noticed about people's management of their own expectations as they attempt to start to run?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I th- I feel like a lot of people like jump into it way too quickly for what their body can handle. It's like, you talked about the jumps if you're freestyle skiing and stuff and well, it's like, you know, you do, you need to like slowly condition your body to, to do that. And a lot of people will be like, well, I'm in, you know, pretty decent fitness. I've been biking a lot. So they go run five miles and then all of a sudden the next day they're just destroyed. Yeah. And it's because it's because, you know, your body's not used to it because it is Mm -hmm. like fairly high impact. And, you know, like you say, like freestyle skiing is really high impact, much higher than running. It's like, yeah, but there's a limited number of times that you can go off that jump during the day, maybe a hundred times. Right. And that's going to be a lot higher impact on each one of those. But if you go for a five mile run and you're hitting the pavement 10,000 times, like, well, now you've like taken the same amount of impact and just spread it out over uh, a lot more, um, a lot more instances. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of changes how that body adapts to that. Uh, and so the same thing, you know, you have to like take things slowly when you change things about your body. And that's one of the things like, Um, I teach a running class at, at foot zone. And that's one of the things that I'm always talking about is like, you know what, like you're changing your stride, you're changing your running form. You need to be, you need to go about it very, very slowly. It's like, Mm. can you go out and run for an hour? Like you're used to running for an hour this way. And then we go out and tell you to change something. You can go out and run for an hour that way, but you're going to be really sore the next day Mm -hmm. because your, your mechanics, your muscles aren't used to running that, that way. And so you need to build up and do it very slowly. And that's the, I think that's probably one of the biggest barriers that people find when they get into running. is like, oh yeah, I feel fit. I can do this. And then all of a sudden, like they're building up too quickly, or they just try to like go at it too hard. And they get injured they're sore and it's like that's no fun right like it's not fun to be sore or hurt and injured every single time you try to go run and so um and a a lot of people never quite get over that hump of like where their body is trying to condition itself into like being able to run for an extended period of time so
0: yeah i think starting running in seventh grade you know i assume you've ran track and cross country in middle school and high school. Those are, I think amazing times to be conditioning your body and showing yourself what's possible. I had a hilarious experience as I was, you know, i moved in here next to Jason and Chelsea and got inspired to try my hand at fitness and just decided that my first running thing, I would just see how fast I could run a mile. And, <laughs> and I, I ran a, like a sub 7 minute mile off the couch and just the next day could barely walk and just like <laughs> my calf was just destroyed so um and as jason has given me these uh workout regimens it's it's interesting because following my fitness coach's workout regimens is radically easier the workouts are just way easier than what i would try to like kill myself doing right otherwise. So
1: yeah. And because and you're young, you're fit, you can do you know, you're used to doing like all sorts of crazy things. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, Oh, I just I only have to run like three miles. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. But it's like your body like is just trying to get used to that and trying to like adapt to those different stresses that you're putting on. it. even though to you, like in your mind, it feels really easy. Your body's not used to it yet. So yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: For sure. Well, it's not even the it's not even young and fit that's the problem. It's the it's proud. Proud <laughs> oh. is the problem there. Okay. I'm like, oh yeah. Chelsea, how fast can you run a mile? I'm like, oh, I can run that fast. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I can't. Yeah. And you know the the adventure racing thing has really started to show me. You know, I just completed this 300 some mile adventure race that completely destroyed me, and it it showed me the cracks of my gait. Like literally just like when I get tired, my hips go out in front of me and I kind of like lean back on my spine and I just have a terrible posture and like on a five day adventure race, like you're going to be tired for the vast majority of it and walking with a terrible posture just like injures you. And so, yeah.
1: so, I mean, again, it's the same thing, right? you've all of a sudden you've changed those mechanics and your body's not used to it because you do it. You're used to doing those short hikes or short runs with good mechanics. And then you get tired, everything kind of shuts down. And then all of a sudden you're back in different mechanics, not even bad, but different mechanics than you're used to. And it just puts a whole like another layer of stress on your body. But and I think you guys found that out, you know, through, throughout that race was like, Oh man, like it's a long ways and I'm tired the entire time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. It showed me how like to do that kind of endurance, it really is more, I think what I needed, I did a lot of fitness training, uh, but I think I just needed more physical therapy. Like I needed to be really focusing on my mechanics just so that the wheel would go around and around and around and around, <laughs> instead of focusing on how fast I can make the wheel go around. Yeah. Yeah. So but I wanna hear about this uh this race you did just recently.
1: Yeah. Um so travel to Spain uh, about I guess it was two weeks ago now. Uh last weekend was Zagama. Um Zagama is a it's a marathon distance trail race up in the Basque Country of Spain. And I mean it's it's one of my like I never like everybody asks me oh what's your favorite race and it's like I never really I don't have a favorite race around the world just because each one's unique each one's you different very different, but this is one of my favorites of like the, the the races that are out there Zagama is a really special race and the whole you know not the whole reason but the reason is is because one the the Basque people are insane when it comes to like supporting uh, sporting events in their area, like whether it's running or cycling or whatever, they know who the runners are. Um, they come out for it. It's a whole community gathering of, of people um, to show support for this sporting event that's in their, their region. So Zagama is the course that goes, it's in a really small town called Zagama. It's you know, probably 3,000 people in this little tiny town um, and it's about 3000 people. It balloons up to, I don't know, thousands and thousands of people for the day. Um, and you go up from this town and you make a loop up over this um, huge mountain and then back all the way back to town. And so during the race it's 26 miles, but you climb about 9,000 feet during the race up over these, you know, kind of three peaks. It's a big rock escarpment, um, and, uh, super technical race, uh, mm-hmm. over across rocks and everything else. But what's incredible about this race, it's, it's incredibly scenic It's really, really pretty course, but you get probably about 5,000 people up on top of this mountain, um, creating this tunnel of people, um, that you follow. You can't, there's a, it's like a huge crowd of people just up there for a sporting event and as, as the runners come up through it, they kind of part and allow you down the course. Um, and so it's like this tunnel of people just kind of like funneling you through them as they kind of part. And they're like right there, they're yelling in your face as loud as they possibly can. Um, it's the coolest atmosphere that you'll never ever see in any other sporting event. They're, you know, slapping you on the butt as you go up and pushing you. And, um, and it's, it's really, really neat. Um, and like you'll see some of those photos on my Instagram and stuff, um, it's just, it's incredibly unique and really, really inspiring. So you're up there, your adrenaline, like you're in the middle of a running race, your adrenaline's long gone, right? But your adrenaline is going. You're excited, you're like s- super stoked, and just people all around you and stuff that you just don't get anywhere else. Um, and so that makes this race incredibly, um, incredibly cool and just makes it one of my favorites uh, just about anywhere around the world.
0: So. That's so awesome. Yeah. I saw some of these photos of you coming up really steep trail and looking pretty hammered and just in a crowd of people. (laughs) It's amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is, it's nuts. So
0: and that's cool. And then what that energy that you're getting from those people, is that something that you got to like consciously manage? Because for me, like there's no better way for me to like overexert than to do it in front of a crowd or to be feeding off of the energy of other people.
1: Totally. And and that's the problem, right? It's like, this is about um, not quite halfway through the race. You get to there and and it's right up at the top. And I mean, I I was worked and they get you going. Right. And they're like, I'm uh, I'm just going to run this. And it's not going to feel really good. And then you get to that quiet stretch right after that. And you're like, oh my God, I went way too hard to do that. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is going to hurt the rest of the way. And, and it did like, I cannot, I quite figure out this race. And for whatever reason, like, you know, I'm going in, I'm like, oh, I'm in really good shape. I feel good about this. And about halfway through, I start cramping. I'm like, why am I cramping? Like, and it's happened uh, every time I've run this race It's like, I just, like I, there's a huge climb right out at the beginning and to about half halfway. And then I start cramping and then I'm having issues and I'm just trying to like, the last half is just trying to get through it as best I can. Um, and this one was particularly bad because my calves were cramping, my adducts, adductors were cramping, my hamstrings were cramping, everything was cramping. And I'm just like, Oh God, just get to the finish line. It was pretty rough. And like I still manage the PR like it was faster than I've ever run it um, by about three minutes and like I was so just to give you a time frame here of like so this is a marathon distance and I can run a marathon in, on a road in about you know 215 to 220 or so and this marathon takes four hours and mm. I've been about you know last time I ran it I was about 402 this time I was 359 so I got just under that four hour mark which is a pretty big accomplishment for this marathon in particular. And, um, every other year that I've run this, um, I would have been top five. Like you look at the results from every other year it's ever been run and would have been squarely like top five this year. I was 16th just because the depth of the race, um, and the competition out there was so high, um, that there were, you know, 15 guys in front of me that, uh, that ran under that four hour mark. So it was incredibly deep and it was amazing. So
0: I love this and yeah, congratulations. That's what a feat to finish under those circumstances. I know what it's like to be in a race and be cramping and still go. And just like, you just try to keep the whole thing going. So the, the race is the same course every time.
1: It is. Yeah. Same course every year
0: yeah and it's got to be super special running in the mountains and i want to get to that in just a second but you're talking about the field the depth of the field increasing and it seems like the line is like going vertical for trail running right like yeah and are these athletes coming from other sports other disciplines and like What do you think Uh, is causing this, this rapid increase of depth in the, in your sport?
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really hard to say like, and I think each, each case, you know, we're talking about 15 people, 10 people. So it's like each one's pretty individual of like how they get to that point. A lot of it is the, the competition at the front end is becoming higher, right? Like the, the fast guys are getting faster every year. Um, and so they're increasing, they're learning you know, better, they're having, they're doing better training techniques and spending more time in the mountains and training longer. Um, things like that guys are coming up who, you know, maybe would have been like younger guys who are 20. They're going into trail running now, instead of going into, uh, road running or ski mountaineering in Europe, things like that. Uh, A lot of ski mountaineers, um, are now like they're, you know, when, they used to focus on ski mountaineering as their primary focus because that was the big sport in Europe. Now they're doing trail running as a pretty um, like a, a a focused second um, yeah. like sporting event in the summertime. And so there's guys coming over from ski mountaineering, things like that. It's like each one is kind of individual, and they're all coming from different areas. But what whatever the case is, like. It's just growing trail running, like by leaps and bounds. Um, There's more money in the sport. There are more media. Like this particular series um, that Zagama is a part of, the Golden Trail series, has just started. It's only four years old. And the way that they're doing it is like they're putting a ton of media, not a lot of money into it as far as like prize money goes, but the media attention around it, they're just growing exponentially. They're kind of at the forefront of like how the sport is being Um, televised and relate and relating to like the mass participation. Um, And that's a big part of it too.
0: I also think my intuition is that trail running is incredible, especially in the Alps, especially in the mountains where you are starting somewhere and you're running through nature that takes you to these incredible knife edge ridges, these amazing peaks, these epic valleys, I can just like imagine, you know, doing the three sisters traverse as fast as I can on foot. These, these, it's like, it's just a, from, from my perspective as a mountain athlete, like it's just a radically cooler thing to do than to run on a road.
1: For sure. Yeah. And not only that, but like um, European running Like it's different than what we have over here. We don't have very much of that. Like, you know, where you're talking about with like running along a knife edge ridge and up this huge mountain over into the next valley and then up back over and back into a town. It's like, we don't have towns next to big mountain wilderness areas. The mountains that we do have are wilderness areas, like with capital W's. So you can't run in them anyway, or race in them. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying one way is better than the other, but when you're talking about like how they practice trail running and trail racing in Europe, it's much different than what we practice here. Um, and it does give it a certain like aesthetic to like what you're, what you're able to do in Europe, as opposed to what you're able to do here. Um, And I love our trail running here. We, our trail running in the U S is phenomenal. Uh, We have great trail races all over the place. Um, We just don't quite have that big mountain aesthetic that Europe does. So it's a little bit different. So,
0: yeah, I've heard this term sky running. Is that the term?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tell me what that is.
1: Well, sky running is just like, it's a particular race series um, that kind of was invented uh, back in um, like the seventies, eighties. Um, and then it be, it grew into this whole big sky running series. And there's particular, uh, criteria placed on the race to make it a sky race, um, a particular amount of vertical gain, um, a particular starting altitude, um, and basically like how steep it is the distance. Um, whereas like, you know, a lot of the European races, they could be considered like sky races, but. They're not in that series, so they're not considered sky races. It's just kind of like a, a term that they use to describe a certain series. So yeah, and, and it,
0: it's it's like the aesthetic is running high in the mountains, right. lots of climbing, real steep technical trails.
1: Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And so now we call a lot of races sky running races, whereas they're not truly like they're not technically a sky running race, but. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing, the set of aesthetic of running really high in the Alpine and stuff.
0: Oh, that's now what we're talking. Like, now I might be able to condition my body to... to now run. you're in. Now I'm yeah. in. That sounds amazing. Okay. Um, yeah. I want to talk about the winner of that race, Agama. Okay. Who won?
1: Killian. Killian Jornet won the men's race. Um, and Ninga Brinkman won the women's race
0: amazing and i've heard this guy's name and i want you to fill me in who is this guy
1: okay so uh, this is i mean this could be another hour or two of a Uh podcast (laughs) just talking about killian uh so killian Journay, um he's a he's a uh, catalan actually um comes from that area of the pyrenees um but he like he is like you think of everybody else in this pod of like competitive runners, like in one spot, like, and they're all very similar. Well, he is like head like way above everybody else in the sport, basically. Um, and always has been, he's like this incredible, like mountain athlete best in the world has been running and doing everything in the mountains for his entire life. Um, and it's just kind of like his almost like second home. Like he spends time out there, spends, you know, he'll do training days of eight hours a day, like multiple days in a row. He can run anything from this, um, marathon distance race that we're just talking about to go out the next weekend and run a hundred mile race. Um, things like that. I mean, totally insane, like training regimen for any normal human being. Um, and he's just kind of an anomaly in the sport. Um, definitely, you know, by far the best like mountain athlete in the world that I've ever come across, um, and stuff when uh, I was rooming with him at, um, this other race up in the Alps called Sierras and all, which is a 30 K race, about 19 miles and knew he was going to win it. You know, um, and he's won it I don't know how many times before, well, this year he sets his, he set a record and the week before I was talking to him. Um, you know, and he's like, yeah, I just, uh, went out and ran hundred miles from my house and did this big loop just to see if I could do it. It's like, seriously, man he went out and did this like a week or two before this other race. That's only 19 miles. Um, and just blasted, you know, this race. It's like, that's insane. Like everybody else, if they went out and ran hundred miles from their house would be totally shattered. Wouldn't be, you know, running for a week and it'd take them like another month or so to recover from it. It's just, it's incredible. Like what he has been able to condition his body to do. So.
0: Yeah. And from what I've heard, he kind of like just, opened everybody's mind to like what was possible and what people could do. He's also a ski mountaineer, right? Like he's done like some of yep. the fastest ascents of a bunch of big mountains.
1: Well, he's, he's both like a ski mountaineer in terms of like the racing in the, in the European scene and stuff and really good ski racer, but also like mountaineering. I mean, he's, uh, climbed Everest, like he did Everest twice in a week, uh, which is you know, insane in itself. Um, other mountains and stuff that he's climbed, I mean, he's a great mountaineer, um, partly because he's just so fit and so fast. Like he can get up and down these peaks, um, where you're not exposed to the elements quite as much. And that's, that's something that I've taken from him. Um, and that's been really important, um, in, in me, like kind of teaching other people like, okay, like if you're out there in the elements and being out in nature, like the faster that you can go and get through a dangerous situation, um the better off you're going to be like the longer you spend exposed to the, to the elements, the more dangerous it becomes. And so that's always part of something that I bring up in my trail running camps is like the, like, you don't have to train for trail running. You can be relatively fit, but the fitter you are also the safer you are Mm -hmm. because the, you're the, the faster you're getting through these dangerous situations. Um, and so that's something, that's been really important that I've I've taken away from him. Um, you know, because he's always talking about how, how fast you can get through dangerous situations and stuff. So
0: yeah, it's interesting to have one person who seems to be head and shoulders above the rest of the competition in an entire sport. In paragliding, we have that as uh this guy Kriegel Maurer. He's a Swiss pilot and has won. All of the Red Bull X Alps,es which yep. the Red Bull X Alps maybe you've heard of, is like this insane fifteen hundred kilometer race across the Alps that crosses the Alps three times from Salzburg, Austria, to Monaco. Yep, um, and he just wins it every time, hands down, by big margins. And hmm. it's just like he's <laughs> he's the bird of the they call him Kriegel the Eagle. He's just like the bird of the Alps. He just knows the place better than anybody else. He's like the best paraglide pilot. And he's also just so incredibly fit. And I think, you know, one of the things that you said about Killian that I kind of heard was there's this like normalization, desensitization or comfort, confidence that it seems that these guys have that it's just like it's the racing scene is just not quite as stressful and their comfort and their confidence allows them to really just like i don't know be easily in the zone or i, I don't know how i would call it i've i've seen it in my own sporting where i like you know if i can be really really comfortable on a record distance high line then I just like walk so well and it's like, it's not even, it doesn't even fatigue me in the same way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that comes with your confidence level. Like everybody, if you're around Killian, your confidence drops, right? Cause he's confident. He knows what he's doing. He's so much mm-hmm. better than everybody else. Everybody else at that point in their mind, I feel like you're running for second, you know, you're running with the rest of the pack. Whereas like, yeah, sure. If I go to a local race here, I'm pretty confident. And I can have a really good race and I can run a really good time, but it was much easier
0: to do. Uh-huh.
1: And it's, and it's, it, it has to do with that, you know, that competition level and who else is, who else is around you that, you know, if you're at a race, like Zagama was uh, last week, it's like, well, shoot, I'm nervous because I know all of these other guys here are really good. Whereas you put that race back here, like a local race that, you know, a hundred people run or something like that. I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be a snap. Like this is going to be easy. I can just run it. And my my level of um, stress about the race is so much lower. I could probably, you know, who knows? I could probably mm-hmm. run near nearly the same time. It's most likely it's going to be slower because I'm not putting as much emphasis and effort into it. But it it feels relatively a lot easier though, right? So.
0: That's an interesting like psychological little uh, almost loophole. That's a, yeah. Interesting psychological phenomenon. The idea that when you are so confident you're going to win, it's easier to run. It's less yeah. stressful. It's so interesting.
1: Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. I've always found that to be kind of an interesting thing. And usually when I'm stressed and kind of nervous about a race, I am going to run better. Like relative to myself, even if I'm going to be like back in the pack a little bit or or Mm -hmm. second or third, not win. But when I win, they always, they always feel a lot easier. Like like winning a race just feels easier. Um, And I think it's a lot of that confidence level going in. Um, Whereas if you added in five other people that were faster than you were, you'd probably run the course faster and have a better race, but it'd be a lot, you know, it'd feel a lot harder real like relative to like your time uh difference
0: yeah i mean that maps on to what you've told me today of of getting 16th and cramping halfway through as you just like as you set a pr right like you went as fast as you've ever gone and it felt really really hard and you had your ass kicked by 15 other really amazing athletes but still faster than you've ever gone
1: faster than I've ever gone. Um, but it felt like it should have been 15 minutes faster than I ever have <laughs> had ever gone. Like for how the effort was, you know, it's like I put that, that amount of effort in, I should have been like 10 or 15 minutes faster, not three minutes faster. And that's, that's what I mean. It's like relative to that time change. It just feels like it's so much harder. Whereas, you know, I don't know. It's, it is definitely like, there's a very psychological piece to, uh, to racing. Uh, and there always is so.
0: Yeah. That's, it's interesting. And I, I don't know if there's like a tip there. I feel like that's just more of a phenomenon that we get to observe of like how it is relative to our own exertion and our confidence and our, you know, we've kind of touched on our expectations a little bit. Um,
1: I think the I think the tip is like, like stress is, stress is going to make us better at what we do. Right. I mean, a certain level. And I think hmm. the, like the key though is finding the appropriate amount of stress. And there's a, there's a fine line between overdoing that and becoming so stressed out that, you know, you're thrown up before the race or you're so nervous that you can't get the most out of yourself. And the flip side of that, of like not being, um, not caring enough about the race to be nervous and not Uh being nervous at all. You're not going to get the best out of yourself. And so there's like, you got to find that sweet spot of where you're nervous and you've care about the race and you're focused on it um but you're still like kind of going to get that the best out of yourself
0: Mm. and that's a i i think that's that maps onto my experience as well you know like having the hounds nipping at your heels you're going to run faster that's just how that is um but it's not always easy to modulate my amount of stress around any given situation
1: no it's it's definitely not i i think a lot of that comes with experience though too of like you know the one thing that i always tell people like when they like especially a high school kid who can't regulate that um and they get too nervous for their cross country um for the high school cross country races for example like one thing that they need to fall back on is like their training, like, okay, you've, you're super nervous for this. I get that, but look, like you're doing the same thing that you've done every day in practice for the last, you know, how many months. And so you need to take that experience and, and kind of overlay it with what you're, what you're dealing with right now in this race situation and know and have confidence that you're one, you're going to get through it Two, that you're fit. And you can rely on that training. Um, and then three, that, you're going to be just fine when you get out there and just do the best you can. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I've always told people is like, rely, fall back on your training and what you've already done and all that experience. Um, and so you can kind of regulate that, that way.
0: Mm. Is that something that you still use?
1: It totally is like I train, like in my training and stuff, in my workouts, I, I try to, you know, simulate those workouts and stuff to be similar to a race so that I know what I'm getting into and I know like, okay, I know this is going to hurt. Um, and I can go into a race like with that confidence of knowing that I'm fit one, but two, like how it's going to feel. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that gets me nervous is going into something new that I'm not prepared for. Um, like, like the adventure race that you did a couple of weeks ago, it's like going into that, that first year when I did it last year, I was super nervous just because I didn't know like what that was going to feel like. Um, and it's the same thing with getting into a new discipline. Like if I go back and run the steeplechase on the track, it's like, I get pretty nervous just because it's been so long and I'm not used to it. And so the more I can simulate that in my training leading up to that race, um, the more confident and the the better I'm going to feel about that and be able to regulate that stress level.
0: That's awesome. And that's great insight. I also, I want to, you know, I'm 33 years old and I'm curious about how you've experienced your fitness and your aptitude as you've aged. How old are you now? 42. 42. And you look great and you seem to be totally fucking crushing it. So I'm curious how, you know, from seventh grade until 42, you seem to be keeping up with the fastest people in the world still. So what's that been like?
1: I mean, it's, it's been awesome. I mean, I, I can't believe I'm still able to do what I'm able to do, you know? And, and I've, I've looked at it like critically of like, okay, why? But I, you know, and I can't totally put my finger on exactly why I, there's certain things that I do to keep doing it. I mean, I think one, the, the, probably the biggest and the main thing is just the desire to keep doing it. Right. But where does that desire come from? I don't know, but I, I desire to keep doing it. And so I, I love doing it. I have the passion for it. I want to keep doing it as long as possible. And so that kind of keeps me going from day to day and from month to month and race to race of like, Hey, I just got to, I'm just doing this. This is what I do. And I'm just like in a routine routine and that's what I do. I think the other piece of it though, that a lot of people run into is that injury side of things as they get older. And I think there, I think one, I've been lucky. Like you said, like, I feel like I have a runner's body, I guess. And mechanically I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, I've run into injuries here and there, but for the most part, like I've been able to get through them and they haven't been so catastrophic to say, okay, I'm done. They've always been little things of like, okay, I can get through this and then start training again and get back into shape. And I always feel like I can get, get back to that. And I've lost a little bit of speed over the the last few years. I'm sure. Um, I don't do as many speed workouts. Um, I focus more on the endurance side of things and stuff, but I'm still able to handle the volume that I've always been able to handle. Even if I have to make sure that I'm recovering and taking care of my body a little bit better than I used to. Mm. And so, staying on top of things that get tight, um, rolling like nutrition, all of those sorts of things that I've kind of always done. Like, I just have to pay a little bit more attention to it. Um, and like I said, I, I do feel like maybe I've been a little lucky with, um, with the injury side of things and, and what my body is able to handle too. So.
0: amazing. Yeah. It's a, you're an inspiration. I'm so glad you're still crushing it at your age.
1: Gonna keep going as long as I can.
0: Yeah, so. so that's a great segue. What's the what's the future of your running career look like? What do you what do you have aspirations for, and what do you what do you have hopes for?
1: Yeah, it's um, a good question. You know, this year, like doing Zagama again, and and this uh, the Golden Trail series, being at the highest levels of the sport, that is like this year. I was coming in, and I'm like, I got really fit, and I'm like, okay, I want to see what I can still do at this highest level. But I have to be honest with myself, like that's becoming a little less important. Um, Mm -hmm. but trail to racing and stuff is always going to be important. So now I'm kind of focused a little bit on, um, those other races that have been kind of on my bucket list, you know, the things that I've never quite gotten to. And a lot of those are, are historic races that I, you know, that have a lot of tradition that I've always heard about that maybe aren't all that competitive anymore, um, but it's things like the escarpment trail run in New York. Um, and uh, Mount Marathon up in Alaska, and things like that. That have like I pick my races based on kind of three things: like com- competition level, um, history and tradition behind it, and then like the the kind of the aesthetics of the course um, and the aesthetics of the course and the traditions don't always play into being competitive. And I've been really focused on the competitive side of things, like trying to get into the most competitive races, um, because that tends to get you the most attention uh, for sponsors and stuff. And so now though, I'm kind of changing that. And I want to focus a little bit more on that tradition and those aesthetics and stuff like that, and do some of those races that I've, I've missed out on in the, in the past, because I've been focused on that competition.
0: Awesome. What a, great vision for that. Yeah, go back and do the things that are amazing that you wanted to do that you may have been drawn away for for sponsorship sake.
1: For sure, for sure. And then, you know, some of the fun stuff too that I haven't been able to focus on because I've been so focused on running, like adventure racing, for example, like, you know, just getting into some of that with Jason and Chelsea has been um really fun and I love that side of the sport of moving my body in different ways and I think it's really cool to be able to traverse like 300 miles in very different ways over the course of you know four or five days too. So,
0: yeah, I love that. And I, I guess to to close out here, I just want to give you a, the, the race wild card and ask you about the Barkley Marathons. Oh, what it's, what do you know about this? What is this race?
1: Um, I know I know some about it. Obviously, I've never done it, um, but. I, I will put it out there that it's on the list.
0: So,
1: <laughs> Really? So what list.
0: I know about it is it's like, it's five marathon distance laps, right? Each lap is a marathon distance. Yep. And Roughly. it also, yeah. And what's the, how much climbing is each lap?
1: It's like 20,000 feet or something ridiculous. I mean, it's insane. Like how much climbing there is. So So to back up a little bit, Barkley was created quite a while ago. Um, I can't remember the exact year, um, but it's over the course of it's running. It's had, I think 15 finishers. The idea behind the race is to not finish. Like that's why, um, the creator of the race created it was to make it so difficult and so hard that you could not finish it. And every time somebody finishes it, he makes it harder. And so it's kind of grown from about 20 miles per lap to what they kind of consider that they're thinking that it's probably about 26 miles per lap now. And you got to do like the whole race is five total laps. It was supposed to be about hundred miles, but they think it's a lot longer than that now, but you can kind of get away with shorter. Like if you do three laps, it's called a fun run. Um, and not very many people even make it that far in the race, but rarely does anybody actually finish the race. Um, this year there were no finishers, uh, last year there were no finishers. Um, and so it's just this insanely, incredibly hard race that, um, I don't know, it's, it's got some, it's got some of those adventure racing elements to it. Right. It's got, you know, overnight. Overnight, you've got some navigation, they don't call it a navigation race, but you do have to know how to navigate because it's an unmarked course and you go around, um, to different points on the course and find books and you rip your page out of the book, um, pack that away and then take it back to the start. And so it's got some navigation aspects to it, um, overnight off trail all those sorts of things. So that sort of, that sort of thing really appeals to me and I, I don't know why,
0: but, but it does. Oh so. man. Yeah. There's an amazing couple of documentaries made about the Barkley Marathons with one yeah. Canadian runner. What's his name?
1: Uh, Gary Robbins.
0: Yeah. Gary Robbins. And yeah. the documentary is just so incredibly well done and it finishes as Gary nearly completes it and comes in moments before after having gotten lost and he's tried so hard and just like collapses into a heap and sobs. It's just like, there's the, the amount of human effort for just arbitrary inspiration is just, it's heartbreaking and it's inspiring. It's incredible. It's just like, it's so good. So if you ever want to do the Barkley marathons, I'll go out there with you. That's it's in Connecticut or Pennsylvania or something like Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah. So, but yeah, Max, thanks so much. This has been awesome. Cool, man. Yeah, that has been good conversation. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Best of luck in your, in your racing. And I'm sure I'll see you around here, the neighborhood and the adventure races. I'd love to get out on a course with you. For
1: sure. Yeah. We should team up and do an adventure race or something. One of those small local ones sometime
0: well, there's a 30 hour race in hood river in the end of that. July that I have a spot for you on my team.
1: Really? Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. It might be, <laughs> might be a good way to go. I'm trying to actually like get more people in town. There's a couple of people in town here that are really interested in adventure racing. And so I'm trying to be that, um, that ambassador and trying to get other people into the sport, um, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, but I mean, one it's like, it's adventure racing is cool, but it's, a very hard sport to get into yeah and so i'm trying to introduce a couple other people that would be cool to have uh have on team so that 30 hour race up there would be good
0: yeah especially your hyper fit running buddies you know like (laughs) we got to get colton gale we got to get colton in uh, an adventure race
1: yep exactly some of those guys and yep see what they can do on a mountain bike and in a river
0: exactly well thanks so much man it's been great yeah thanks for having me on okay everybody I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did super cool to find out a little bit more about Max and his history and and like I mentioned I basically have just known his name around Central Oregon as being the fastest dude on two feet Um, and it's nice to hear a little bit of the surrounding backstory there so if you like this show click around leave a review download the episodes reviews help I think and not as much as patrons on patreon that's patreon.com slash in the air for as little as five dollars a month you can just put a coin in my hat it really helps this show go around also if you're interested in philosophical coaching and you want to untie some existential knots through dialogue i'm your dude check out airy in the the coaching page has a link for a free coaching call would love to work through some of that stuff with you in the meantime I'll be out adventuring, collecting new insights, and I'll bring them back to you here on this podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, everybody.